podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. seem to have this um, this bond, this unique bond with the supporters. And after the match, um, you really took it in. I just wondered what that was like as an experience for you. Yeah, look, it was, um, look, the, the, the whole night was, uh, yeah, it was pretty special from the moment we walked out. And I guess you can just feel the energy in the stadium and, and how our supporters sort of were really, uh, you know, getting behind the team. And, um, you know, I guess then the performance of the boys was, was worthy of that support. So yeah, you know, I I took my time sort of acknowledging him after the game because I just thought it was important we did that. I probably I realised in the end I took too long because I was the only one out there. So <laughs> I had to run off pretty quickly. I was a bit embarrassed by it. But um yeah, like I said, I you know, when we were walking around I just noticed that they were all still there, you know, none of them had left early and um just thought it was important to acknowledge them and, and as you say, just to, to sort of take in the experience myself. I, you know, I realised it was a special night and something you want to store somewhere in your memory bank to uh, to recall recall in my uh, old retiring years, mate. Yeah. Um, I was asked Matt the same question, Matt O'Reilly. Is it possible to maintain those levels for the players that they, they reached the other night for the remainder of the season? I don't see why not. I mean, you, you kind of go through um, the season sort of trying to continually create new benchmarks for ourselves and, and try and create new levels for ourselves. That's that's the constant message, a constant theme. Um, you know, we've never 
sort of set out a clear goal in our mind of, you know, the kind of team we want to be, we, we leave that sort of hanging to see where it takes us. And, you know, when you set down a marker, as we did against a good opponent, um, it shows you, well, you can play at that level. And that's what that's what we should be seeking, um, you know, moving forward and, and also improving on that. And can I just ask you about the, the squad after the Rangers game? How have they all come through it? Yeah, everyone's fine. Um, no issues. Uh, you know, we had a couple of little niggly ones going into it um, with the boys who were starting, but they all got through it okay and um, it all uh, sort of presented themselves fine for for training today. We'll obviously get back uh, Nero Bitton, who, who was suspended, and um, uh, Tommy Rogic is obviously available. Dyson's fully available now, so um, they're the main sort of changes. Will Tom get a bit of a break before the Motherwell game or will he be available and put into the squad for that? No, we don't do breaks during the year. He'll get a break at the end of the year like everyone else. He's, he's back and he's ready to play. Hi, Ange. Um, we spoke to, to Matt there um, about the the real bond in, in the team among the players and even though he's just come into the squad, he already senses that. I get the feeling that's not a coincidence that, that, that you're a, a main player in encouraging that bond. What do you do? Why is it so successful? Why is it so evident that it's there? Um, look, I, I think I've already said, I, I've always sort of believed that, you know, environment and, and culture is driven by people, not, um, you know, some sort of you know, precondition, you know, pre-existing or, or me trying to enforce conditions on, on you know, the way they should be. Um, if you get the right people in, that, that kind of hopefully just drives itself. And, um, you know, I'm really big on everyone sort of in this building um, being respectful of one another and, and just being good people. There's nothing wrong with that in life. Um, we all sort of grow up with the best intentions to be the best people we can be and um, that's, that's what we strive for and I expect that here, you know, I just... Um, and within that context, you know, people are going to make mistakes. You know, people are sometimes um, inadvertently or sometimes just step out of line. But if, if you've got the right people, then it gets addressed straight away. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's led by, you know, Callum is an outstanding leader, some, some good experienced people uh, alongside him and, I think them, you know, the the environment is driven by them. You know, they they come in every day. I'm not in the dressing room, so you know, they they hardly see me during a day apart from training and so forth. So I've always said it's it's what they want it to be, and and um, you know, you, you're quicker to get to success if if there's a common bond within them, and um, you know, that's what they're doing. I guess undoubtedly a, a result and a performance like Wednesday <clears> night, um, you know brings about a, a real boost with the <clears throat> sport. Um, is there a fine line between you as a manager encouraging that, but also maybe having to, to taper it a little bit as well? I haven't sensed the boost. I haven't sensed the change in, you know, approach from anybody. Um, you know, pretty quickly after the game, you know, we, we were, everyone was sort of delighted with the way it went, but players got into recovery mode and, and you know, we're getting ready for the next um, challenge for us. So uh, again, that that comes back to people. Um, you know, the 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 people we have here at the moment. Um, the end goal was never to be on top in in February. The end goal is to be on top when it counts. And all all Wednesday night did was push us a little bit closer to that goal. But we're not there yet. So there's nothing to sort of 
there that suggests mindsets should change or approach should change. And so, you know, the boost we got was that we got three points, played well, um, and give ourselves a chance in the next contest. Beyond that, there's been nothing that's sort of meant that we've had to address anything. Oh, yeah, and obviously a, a very different environment and opposition you're coming up against on Sunday <clears throat> is the message to the players just to approach it in exactly the same way. Well, that's what we've been doing. I mean, yeah, that's what's got us into this sort of space. Um, we haven't got here because of one performance or or one set of conditions. Um, yeah, we've, we've had a battle our way from the beginning of the year, you know, and um, Sunday will be a tough game. We all know um, away from home, Motherwell are a good side. Um, um, you know, they've got ambitions to, to stay in the top half of the table, so I'm sure they're going to test us out. But, you know, that's what we've been doing from day one um so so again i you know i haven't sensed or i didn't feel i would sense that i need to come in and sort of address some sort of major shift in attitude around the place because what we did the other night is you know what we've been doing for quite a while now is overcoming a whatever challenges put before us I was just speaking to Matt there and he was talking about how inspiring it is to the rest of the players that Callum McGregor can play on through such a, a significant injury is I'm guessing that's just exactly what you would want to see from your captain. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's what I want to see. I don't want anyone hurt and, and trying to prove their sort of character in that manner. But it is a testament to him as a person that um, you know he had it in his mind that if everything checked out from a medical point of view that he wanted to play and he wanted to be out there because he knew it was important. You know, he was one of the few that sort of experienced that big game atmosphere, particularly in a derby, and uh, he knew that without him there and obviously Nero Bitton was suspended that, you know, we were going to lack, lack a little bit of that experience. So, um, you know, he didn't prove anything to me or anyone else the other night because um, we already know what an outstanding person he was, but it's, it's testament to him that, he not only got out there, he actually played really well for us and, and drove us in key moments. And um, that is inspiring. Yeah, absolutely, it is inspiring, I think, to everybody. A couple of guys earlier spoke about levels and a, a kind of similar theme. In terms of the statistics your players are showing up, I mean, how much do you look at it? Are you seeing these players peaking in terms of the statistics? And, you know, have they got more to go? What is the situation at the minute? You know, we, we look when, when we analyse, you know, our performance, and that's what we do. We don't analyse the result. We analyse our performance because the result, everyone knows what it is. You win, you lose, you draw. It's kind of no point sitting there talking too much about that. You, you analyse the performance. When you analyse performance, you, you you know you you delve pretty deep into you know the individuals and and how they you know how they performed against other benchmarks they've already put this year whether it's physical whether it's um you know tactical um there's a lot of data out there but we have some key ones that we look at and and I look at and whenever we hit a new sort of level I don't see it as a peak I see it as a new sort of you know stepping stone to to go to a higher level you know and it, we feed that information back to the players because it shows them what they're capable of, you know, particularly if they've hit a new sort of mark. Now, you know, I, my view and, and has always been that I try and coach a team to peak at the end of the year. Um, that's always my team's traditionally that's how they 
they are set up in terms of our training, in terms of our playing model is let's peak at the end of the year. Now, the reason for that is because my history in football was the beginning was in Australia where to be a champion, you had to win a final, grand final at the end of the year. So you had to be playing your best football then. And I've maintained that throughout my career because I think that's when, for the most part, things get decided. So in an ideal world, we'll be playing our best football um, come the end of the year. But, you know, obviously there's other factors that, that buy into that, whether that's injuries, whether that's, you know, player absences, so those kind of things. But um, every week we, we're kind of giving some feedback to the players on a number of fronts of in terms of their progress and in terms of the potential to improve. So you can see you can see the players improving week by week. That's shown up in their stats, but there's still more to go, which is quite a thing given the, especially the first half performance during the week against uh, Rangers. But 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 that's that's the whole point, I guess, is that you know you go into a game like that, and if you put a limit on what you can achieve or how you can play, then you potentially miss the opportunity to create some new levels of performance. And so we go into every game, whether that's Wednesday night or on Sunday, saying to the boys, okay, well, the main objective will be to play our best game of the year today. Um, let's play better than we've played so far so that you're not thinking about, okay, this is what we did last game and it was good and we want to repeat that. Well, you don't want to repeat that. You want to improve on that. Now, it doesn't always work out that way and sometimes it's a dip in form. Sometimes the opposition um, can can stop you from from playing at those levels. So, But in terms of the intent, of course, we're going to improve. I mean, Matt O'Reilly's three games into his – four games into his Celtic career, um, Rao Atate, Jack and Marcus. Um, most of these guys are, you know, five or six months at the beginnings of a new cycle, a new way of playing. So there has to be improvement. We have to improve, absolutely. If we want to be, achieve and be the team we want to be, even for this year, if we want to be successful, we have to be better than we were the other night. Hi Ange, um, you said after the win over Rangers that you don't look at the table and, and you won't start looking at it now. Is that something that you have to speak to the players about or are they, like yourself, focused one game at a time? You know, it's it's, it's not about, you know, you obviously, you know, I, I do look at the table. It's just that I don't let that guide me in my sort of, um, you know, feedback I give to the players or guide my mood, you know, or guide my uh, sort of, attitude about you know what's ahead because like I said the goal was never well let's get the top spot you know we've got to get the top spot because if you if you're so focused on that and you get there like we did then what do you do next you know what's the next level for the player so we've never spoken about being on top or being in first place or having a certain amount of points or all we've spoken about is every week just being the best team we can be and trying to improve and and that when you know, the trophies are handed out that we're, we're, we're in there. And um, so being in first place, as I said, is just a sign of our progression. It ta- It is part of the narrative because if we weren't going well, we wouldn't be in this position, but it's not the end point. So it, do- it means that nothing changes just because that's happened. Looking ahead to Motherwell, they've not managed to get a win since coming back from the break, but Fur Park is notoriously a tough place to go, and assuming that's what you'd expect them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think every game from now on will, you know, will will be a challenge for all teams. Everyone's fighting for something, um, and as you said, particularly away from home in the in the Premiership, we know that um, you know there's challenges every week, and and we've you know we've 
tried to, after sort of the first five or six games, be as resilient as we can to overcome whatever challenge maybe before us. And, you know, against Dundee United, that was down to 10 men um, at home where you're going, okay, at home against Dundee United, whose form wasn't great either. We should be a comfortable afternoon, but it wasn't. It was far from that. So that's what you're going to every week expecting, whether it's home or away, it's going to be tough. Um, but that's the measure of every team, you know, the measure of every uh, boxer is not just the punches you throw, but the punches you take, you know. How do you react to that? And we've, we've been hit a fair few times this year, but credit to the players, um, you know, we haven't gone down. We've, we've got ourselves, you know, back in the ring and, and, you know, start swinging again. So we know it's going to be a tough one, um, but we expect every game to be tough. We spoke to Matt Riley earlier and he's only been here a, a few weeks, but already he's proven integral in how your team plays within your system. The amount of chances that he's created so far and how well he's worked with Liel and Josip uh, down the right-hand side has us, the fans, very excited. How well do you feel he's settled in and what do you hope for him for the rest of the season? Yeah, he's, he's settled in outstandingly well. Um, obviously, I... I yeah, whenever I bring a player in, I've I've got a fair bit of confidence in in what we're bringing in will fit what we've already got here. It's, you know, it's always a little bit more difficult probably at the start because you know you're still putting the whole thing together. But you know, during the January window, we I knew what we needed. I knew the kind of player we needed um, in terms of the characteristics. So <clears throat> when I looked at all the underlying stuff, Matt was a standout sort of candidate for us um, for our football. Uh, then the, uh, the the kind of little bit of the unknown is, well, how quickly is he going to adjust? How quickly is he going to settle in? How quickly is he going to understand, you know, the, the environment he's got into? And that bit's credit to him. He's, he's just walked in and embraced the challenge, loved the challenge, um, says a lot about him as a, as a person that, you know, he's loving it, the fact that it is a, a different level. He loves the fact that there is more expectation. He loves the fact that he's at a club with, with big ambitions. Um, so it's all a credit to him. And, you know, his, his performance Wednesday night was outstanding because he, he went into it with a bit of an injury as well, which... To be fair to him, I, I, I didn't think he would he would probably play, but he again he just got on with it, um, got out there, and uh, I thought it was outstanding. Monday was the first time in a, a long time many of us were able to go to bed at a reasonable hour um, at the end of the transfer window. We were very content in the signings that we'd brought in. Can you enlighten us in the recruitment process and how it's developed in your short time? and how you were able to identify a talent like Mark? Yeah, no, I'm glad you all got your sleep on Monday night because I think <laughs> we took it off you on Wednesday night, so you probably <laughs> missed a few hours then. Um, yeah, look, it was a good transfer window for us. Uh, I, I said all along we wanted to be well prepared. I, I kind of knew what we needed. I, You know, I, Michael, Chris, the, the board, you know, supported me in, in the vision I had for, for, for January, and we worked on it early so that you know a key part for me was uh, it's not just about bringing players in I didn't want to bring in players in the last day of the window where they'd have to take a couple of weeks to get going and and get integrated and get fit or all those kind of things because you know that that's four or five critical games for us um, and you know coming out of the the winter break I still knew we'd be short of players so because of the injuries we had so to get the guys in early um like I said, I, I knew the players I wanted. Um, now, um, 
your scare and, and days of my guys I identified in the summer. Um, I knew that we could get them in January if, if we worked really hard on it. Um, so I was really confident. Um, Matt was a bit of a <clears throat> unique case where, you know, things just fell into place where, you know, he was one that I was really keen to bring in um, and the timing worked perfectly where we could move pretty quickly and, and get the deal done in, in a couple of days. That was important for me. Any other deal that would have taken more than a couple of days, I, I, I literally backed out of because it wasn't going to serve our purpose um, for, for what we need right now. Um, we need guys coming in ready to play, ready to contribute. We didn't want to, because we don't have two or three games to get going. We had to be perfect again from the restart. So um, so it worked really well. And moving forward, I'm, I'm really confident that we'll, we'll have a structure in place which allows us to to work through these windows. There's always going to be, you know, some challenges within that. And, you know, that's not to say we won't be at times on deadline day still doing business, but uh, I just feel that we can work a little bit more methodically uh, through through our transfer windows so that we can get out you know, the business right. Hi, Ange. Well done on the award and the Derby win. Thanks, mate. Uh, a lot of observers have been impressed with your work in the transfer market and a lot of the focus has been on the Japanese players. But you've seen guys from the Russian League, Polish League, Israeli League, uh, England, Ireland. Can I ask you, what are the three key factors that make up an Ange Postacoglu signing? What are the three things in a player that you bring um, them here? Yeah, it, it, look, it, it's a hard one for me to define, not because I, I think I'm going to be giving away secrets. It's just um, I often tell a story about, you know, I and I'm going to bore people, but I'll tell it anyway. But, um, you know, I went to, to Clairefontaine, which is, you know, where, you know, the France almost uh, academy of football was, where they produced some of their greatest players. And uh, I went there and spent a week there early, 2000, so it would be, you know, 20 odd years ago. And, you know, they went through an identification players, and, and I was really keen to understand, you know, what what they saw in players to identify them because they had 50 or 60, you know, 15 year olds in the building. And I was coming from Australia and I looked at those 50 or 60 and I thought all of them were outstanding. So I'm going, how do you pick 10 out of this? It's ridiculous, you know. Um, I said, I'll take all of them. And I kept asking questions and I kept asking those kind of questions where I really wanted some defined parameters of what they're looking for, you know, an exact science. And, and there were some things in there that, you know, they said about skill, about physical ability. There were some benchmarks, but I was still wasn't satisfied because they weren't giving me exactly what I want. And then finally, you know, there was there was one coach there who, who'd been there probably from for the last 20 years and was getting sick of me asking questions. And I think he just wanted me to shut up. So he just sort of leaned over in, in dismissive French ways. French way, he just said to me in, Fran in French, luckily I had an interpreter, he said, look, I just know. And what he was trying to say to me was that he'd been doing this job for 25 years and he had seen enough of young talent coming through to know instinctively that they fit. And there's a little bit of that in me in that, the last 25 years, I've got a real clear idea how I want football to play. So when I look at a player, I'll probably look at it, him a little bit differently to everyone else. There are some, like I said, some physical stuff and some, um, you know, some 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 football characteristics you look for, but there's something in me that when I look at a footballer and I analyse him, I think I can see him playing in my team. And, and that's always the biggest factor for me because um, – 
as you can imagine, there's so many talented footballers around the world. Like I said, I, you know, you, 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 they give you 10 different players and go, geez, they're all unbelievable footballers. But I'm looking for the one that will fit, you know. Can he play as a fullback in my team? Can he play as a centre-back in my team? So that helps my process um, because I've got a real clear idea. So, you know, there's nothing there. And I apologise for, for the long winded answer but there's nothing there that will probably get people to walk away satisfied that you know okay we've got a formula there but it's something that that sort of works for me and can I ask you you were asked after the Rangers game this, this was beyond your wildest dreams and your answer was you don't know what I dream of can I ask you football wise what do you <laughs> dream of yeah well uh, I, I would have preferred it was a bit more specific that's all um, <laughs> yeah again you know look I I you know, I, 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 it was why I enjoyed the other night. I just, I love those experiences. You know, I love what football does to people, um, players, staff, supporters. I love what those special moments are. And the more I can collect along my journey, the, the more my dreams are fulfilled. You know, just little pockets of time where you go, geez, that was, um, that's something that'll stay with me. And if it stays with me forever, it's going to stay with the people I shared it with forever. So, so that's where it is. I, you know, I've never been one to to say I want to, you know, have X amount of titles or X amount of, you know, achievements. Um, whether that's individual or collectively. Uh, obviously, for me to stay in my role for as long as I have, I've have to, I've had to be successful. There's no doubt about that, and it drives me every day. I want to be. I love winning things uh, because that creates those special moments. But sometimes you just find it in, you know, just meeting a person and that that football brings you into that space where you meet someone that inspires you and you share a moment. So, you know, that's they're, they're pretty simplistic dreams, but again, they're non-defined, which gets me up every morning chasing the next one. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports 
Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.